Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank Discussion with Passion on CJD 800. Relationships and the law tonight on Passion. After 10.15, Maître Linda Hammerschmidt will join us to answer your questions about divorce, custody, anything to do with family law. So get your questions in at 514-800. Of course, you can always call in at 514-790-0800. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion at 514-800. Your questions answered at the beginning of every show. You can also email them to me during the week to laurie at drlaurie.com. I had a vasectomy done a few years back. How do I get myself checked if I'm still uh, not fertile? Um, You mean, how do you get yourself checked to see if you are not producing any more sperm? So a vasectomy, by the way, is one of the most effective kinds of birth control that there is, and it pretty much is almost 100% effective. Studies show that there's less than a 1% chance of getting pregnant. And the, the, the time when you have to worry the most is the first uh, three months. So it takes about three months for your semen to be completely sperm free. So if it's already been a few years, I don't think it's something that you need to worry about, um, like less than a 1% chance. So that's pretty darn close to 100% effectiveness. So nothing to worry about. Uh, but but if you insist and you're worried about it, but I would imagine if you had the vasectomy a few years ago, you've been having unprotected sex. That would be the, the, the purpose, right? Uh, but you can always go to a fertility clinic and uh, they'll take a sample and they'll check and they'll, uh, they'll let you know if you want to be uh, sure, 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 I guess. Why is sperm sometimes chunky and other times liquidy? That's a good question. And the answer is uh, based on hydration. Um, a lot of the liquid in, uh, in, in the ejaculate is uh, water, actually. And if you're well hydrated, it, uh, it makes, first of all, it can increase the volume but also the uh, the texture or the the liquidity of it if if, if that's a word uh, so that's um, that's something you can think about that's as far as I know when it comes to uh, to that kind of thing uh, let's see um, I have suffered from hot flashes for years mainly at night we should start a club uh, then I started having them during the day which I found much more unbearable so it was time to try something I found a great solution that does not involve hormone replacement therapy which I believe is too quickly recommended one tablespoon of ground flax daily mixed with a glass of liquid or yogurt or what have you it completely eliminated my hot flashes within one or two days of starting to take the flax and provides other health benefits as well. I had found the article in Best Health and have recommended it to friends who have similar experiences as myself. Please pass this on to your pre- and menopausal listeners who should seriously consider this option prior to seeing a doctor for their symptoms. Thank you for sharing your time and experience with CJD listeners. Thank you so much. That um, I'm actually going to try that. Flax seeds are good for numerous things. I, I, I did not know 
that they helped with uh, hot flashes and uh, being, uh, you know, menopausal or postmenopausal. Yeah, it's not fun to have those hot flashes. Now, they don't, uh, doctors don't recommend hormone replacement therapy so quickly anymore. They, uh, if your quality of life is drastically affected, and if you can't tolerate it, so it's based on the symptoms and the toleration of those, uh, the tolerance of those of those symptoms. So somebody who really is is terribly uncomfortable all day long and can't handle those the the hot flashes, depending on how many they're getting in a day. Um, and other symptoms that may come with it, then they may be a candidate for it at seeing other factors too, like family history and cancer and all that stuff. So uh, it's a very individual decision right now. And as far as I know, doctors are looking at symptoms rather than just, oh, you're, you're in menopause, take some hormone replacement therapy. Because there was a time when the minute women f- went into menopause, they were prescribed uh, hormone replacement therapy. It was like that was the treatment of choice right away. So it wasn't even, uh, it wasn't even an option. Not that it was an option. It was always an option, but it, it was like a no-brainer at that time. Well, now the thinking is uh, far different because there have been years, many more years of studying the effects of hormones and, uh, and and relationship to maybe cancer risk and things like that. So now they weigh it out in terms of uh, quality of life. If it affects you, then it's a, a possibility. I'm a 26-year-old guy, and I have a girlfriend uh, who I really love and uh, and do, but after she cheated on me, a year ago, I don't enjoy sex anymore, and I fight daily with her. She is too jealous and controlling uh, after the cheating, but my main question is, how can I enjoy sex with her as before? <laughs> that this should not be your main question, my friend. Your main question should be, why are you with someone who is cheating, who is too jealous, and who is controlling? Uh, you might want to uh, really ask yourself those kinds of questions. Uh, obviously, there is, if she cheated on you, you have some uh, anger in you, resentment. You are fighting daily. So if you're fighting constantly, if you've got full, if you're full of resentment, how are you supposed to muster up the desire for your partner? and for sex and enjoying it as before, which would mean letting yourself go, letting yourself be vulnerable in a situation where there is no trust. It doesn't make sense. So I would recommend go talk to somebody and start to figure out if this is the relationship for you uh, or go into the counseling together to figure out how you can move past that. But And look, people can, relationships can move past an infidelity for sure, it, it happens. It takes a lot of hard work, a lot of patience, a lot of compassion, and a couple of years, really, of rebuilding and building trust. So you have to decide, is this worth it for you? Is, is this something that you <clears throat> want to do? Uh, another question. I'd like to know if my husband drinks heavily, does cocaine, and smokes marijuana, and does it more frequently and it's and is getting abusive what can I do to get him help before he gets out of control oh I wish there was a way that I could tell you 
a magic uh, pill to get somebody to get help. Unfortunately, uh, you can't force a partner who doesn't want to get help or doesn't see it as a problem to go and get help. The only thing you can do is protect yourself, and you're allowed to say, I will not be with somebody who uh, is an addict unless you go get treatment for addiction, but... There you ha- if the person set doesn't do anything about it, you need to be able to follow through. The follow through, the consequences of these boundaries that you set out is the most important part. Otherwise, it's nagging and it's threats. And those never work to get somebody uh, to get help. So you have to say, this is what will happen. If you don't go into treatment right now, and deal with your addictions, I cannot be married to you. You're allowed to say that. Or until you're 90 days sober, I'm not going to consider getting back uh, together with you or uh, continuing this relationship or what have you. And go to an Al-Anon group yourself. Like go to these, they're uh, they're like AA, but for people, uh, family members, uh, spouses or family members of addicts. Go get some help. There's help for partners. You can go to Lifeline, Chabad Lifeline, which is right next to the Jewish General Hospital. They actually have groups for spouses and partners. So that's something that you uh, that you can do as well. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Relationships and the law tonight on the program. Maître Linda Hammerschmidt, a family law attorney, joins us as she does every last Thursday of the month. And uh, she will answer all your questions uh, that regarding uh, divorce, separation, custody, all those things, all those beautiful, nasty things. 514-800 to text in a question. You can always call in uh, to speak to Maître Hammerschmidt at 514-7900. So here's the first question on our text board for you, Maître Linda. Hi, Lori. How are you? Fine, we're, we're getting right to work, aren't oh, we? Oh, yes, barely. No, 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 <laughs> no banter? No banter. No banter in between. No politesse. <laughs> no hello. I've been saying hello to you this whole time. Time yeah, but nobody I... knows that. Oh, that's true. Now they do. Hello, Metro Linda. Hello, I've missed you. Dr. How are Lurie. you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Separated two years ago. X has drawn it out, went to mediation, finally settled on everything, and sold our marital home that he was living in solely for 18 months while I paid half. I have paid my half of all the mediation fees. Majority were incurred by his procrastination. He has yet to pay his half. So the legal separation has not been filed, nor can we file for divorce. He is trying to put me in financial ruins. Also, he straight up refuses to communicate with me via email, text, phone, or in person. We have children together. That should be illegal. What can I do to process the divorce without having to foot the entire bill? What would you say to this person? Well, first of all, when things don't go well at mediation, and you can usually tell that fairly quickly, Mm -hmm. while we're supposed to uh, 
expound the benefits of mediation. That's lovely, but it can be used by one side to do exactly what's happened here, mm. procrastinate. Right. So if it you see it's not working and it has no chance of the person coming around to being reasonable, you got to go to court. Stop it. You're just going to waste time. It's just going to drag on and nothing's going to get done. Right. Uh not sure why the person says that so no, the, the legal separation has not been filed, nor can we file for divorce. Don't see why you can't do either. As you know, my position is, why are you filing for legal separation? You're just doing the work twice because you will still be married, right. even if you're legally separated. So there's no advantage to doing that unless you have a real religious reason, reason for not being divorced. And there's no reason she she can't take the divorce proceedings herself. And you're going to have to, unfortunately, uh, I don't know what, nobody talks here about what the finances are. But if uh, uh, he's being uh, that way with not communicating, and I don't know what the decision is about their children, mm. there's a lot of problems there that only taking proceedings is going to be able to fix. Right, which, of course, she'd have to pay for her own legal uh, counsel anyway. Exactly, so, exactly. So unless they were figuring that they were going to pay half and half, which he never seems to be wanting to do anyway. So right. So you're going to have to bite the bullet and get on with it or, or stay it. in limbo for a long, long time. Right, and sometimes it's worth... Uh, just footing the bill so you don't have to stay in that but, limbo. But one thing, you take a lawyer and you take proceedings, don't spend a lot of time then back and forth with letter writing because that doesn't okay. accomplish anything either when somebody is like that on the other side. Okay, that's good advice. You did the mediation, waiting for information, whatever. take the proceeding, get some court orders, get documents, do whatever you have to do, but don't let the other side be able to continue procrastinating. By so, not responding to lawyers' letters, people you know, don't not right. always do that. Right. Nor e even a, a client of a lawyer cannot cooperate with their own lawyer, never mind cooperating right. with the adverse party's lawyer. So right. uh, in those circumstances, you just have to go to court and get an order for support, for uh, custody, for him paying uh, the fees on the mediator. If, uh, so she can have her lawyer draw up the divorce papers and serve him with the divorce. Absolutely. And then, and then and, his and, lawyer would have to do and, whatever. And a motion for an interim order, provisional measures, and and keep a time clock on it. Don't let your lawyer let the other lawyer run the, run run the, the show. show. Okay. Yeah, I hear that story quite a bit, the procrastination, just to just to make the other person's yeah. life miserable sometimes. I'll start a file and I'll ask for something or whatever, but if you see it's not going to happen. I mean, I was in a file where <clears throat> uh, I, I kept asking for a, a Form 3, which is a budget for all your expenses mm -hmm. when you're asking for or going to have to pay spousal support. And uh, they filed, I don't know, five or six different ways. One was signed. Uh, one was missing the debts. One wasn't complete. One finally got signed, but it was still missing. And it took five and a half months to, <gasps> to get, meanwhile, the file One is, paper. Yeah, to get signed. And it's still not complete. And wow. in the interim, the person's father passed, so there's an inheritance that needs to go on the asset page. Oh, well, we don't know what it is yet. He just died. Well, she has joint power of attorney for her father's bank account, so please don't tell me that you don't know what the bank account balances are on the day that father died. Mm -hmm. So I sent her a subpoena, so she'll have to come to court in a week and a half. 
with her information. She's stupid enough to still not show up. <laughs> so this is it. People are just, they they actually just ignore. Uh, okay. Or, you know, I have a, know somebody, a friend of mine actually, who is involved in mediation, which seems to have been going on for the last three years oh, of, wow. you know, trying to not... You know, cause waves and whatever like this, and 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 now she has health issues, so she can't deal with this matter. And it's going to be forever that she's not going to deal with the matter. Take a divorce proceeding; she'll have to figure out her health. What about how do you feel about? Um, I know a few situations like this where, where the couple is divorced officially, but the courts they're still fighting out in court eight, nine, ten years after the bloody divorce. Well, that's one party usually's way of keeping the relationship alive. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, yeah, but then that would be more your area than mine. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. Sadly, in the, in the sadly it overlaps with my area. Yeah, there's a lot of hatred, though. It's not like, oh, gee, I want to keep this relationship. Well, like, isn't it you that always says it's the flip side of love or the nasty side of love? Well, or the, however the, you introduce me yeah. usually that makes me cringe. <laughs> <laughs> the nasty side, yes. The ugly side, side of, of passion, of I passion, call it. The ugly yeah. side of passion is pr pretty ugly. Uh, yes, because the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. So when you still hate, you still have some some measure of feelings somewhere yeah, in there. And, and to be fair, sometimes the people are getting divorced. They have very, very young children. So unfortunately, they have to stay related Connected, yeah. one mm -hmm. way or another. And uh, that can spawn you know and people don't exchange financial information each year so you don't know whether the child support should go up or down or stay the same right. and on and on and on but <clears throat> and some people just keep it nasty yeah yeah unfortunately some people like that yeah that would be sort of like a trumpism uh, i get yes i guess so some people are like that they can tweet all night but they can't get anything done and i yeah and i've known situations where one person is so contentious and takes the other one to court thinking they're always right, even though the the judge says you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, but it doesn't matter. No, they're right. <laughs> like that's, you know, dealing and with a narcissist in court. It doesn't matter, unfortunately, that they're told often, even by the courts, you're wrong. They don't care. They don't care. They'll I know. come back. Yeah. They'll do whatever. But uh, then again, I've it all comes that. back to the. Probably didn't have those conversations I keep harping upon before you before. got married. I know, to this but moron. by the time you're here, like forget it. It's already yes, like I, it's said I'm and done. I'm hoping that some people listen to this program that have yet to take to the plunge. Yet to, yet to get married. If yes. I can stop one or two a year, I'm still happy. <laughs> Metro Linda Hammerschmidt is here to answer your questions. Five one four eight hundred relationships and the law tonight. A uh, texter writes in, Linda, I am sick and can't work anymore, so I have no kind of financial support whatsoever. I would like to get a divorce as my husband and I no longer get along. How can I get the divorce without having to spend a lot of money? Well, that's a difficult proposition in and of itself. It depends on if you <clears throat> you qualify or not for legal aid, which is basically the only way that you can not spend a dime to get divorced. And... Uh, in that particular case, I would see you don't get along. I don't know how not getting along that really means if they can go to mediation, but you keep it to the six. Uh, if they have sessions, children, right. six sessions that are paid for by the government and get the work done then because failing which you're unfortunately uh, going to have to uh, get some money. I put it on a visa card to start taking cash advances. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's tough. 
It's also tough when, like, does a person qualify for legal aid if they own a house? No, no usually. Right, well, if they if they own a house with their spouse, like yeah. if, but they have no access to money. No, well, unfortunately, the criteria is what it is. It's not just, uh, you know, they should. <clears throat> I'm unfortunately not the dictator of uh, no. of the land, but uh, <laughs> if that was the case, then there should be some sort of a formula where uh, they'll take you on as legal aid, but you might have to pay back something at the end based on what, what you, you get, get. Up for, from your asset once it's finally uh, which liquidated, make, which, which makes would make perfect sense. sense. Exactly. Are there any lawyers that, uh, divorce lawyers that ever do that? Like private do, ones that, that will do... Like, you'll pay me after. Is that what it's called? They're stupid, yeah. Okay. <laughs> because, unfortunately, their staff and the landlord aren't going right. to wait for you to get paid by the person who's waiting to have their place sold, right, who's right. waiting for the... No. That's true. You're quite right. Uh, all right, so check legal aid. I think that's the most important thing. Uh, if you have questions, Metalinda Hammerschmidt is here to address the ugly side of passion. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's ugly. There's so much that is, every time you're here, it's like we do, we do not hear nice stories. We only hear horror stories. But I can uh, come back on another one of your theme nights. And, yeah, and, and, and just talk about sex, you mean. Well, or, or something nice. <laughs> something nice legally? Gifts. Yeah, gifts, okay. Uh, if you have questions, uh, she's in till 11 p.m., so get them in uh, as soon as you can so that we can actually have them answered and nothing is left behind because she's only back at the end of next month, and I'm not even sure because it's Christmas time, so I'm not sure Well, I'm waiting do on that. you for that. Otherwise, it's December. Know. It's Boxing Day. Uh, yes, I know. Our Otherwise, next, it's January. Our next stint. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Relationships and the law tonight. Metro Linda Hammerschmidt joins me. She's a family law attorney. So if you have questions, you can get advice right here, right now about uh, divorce, anything related to divorce, custody, living together. I'm not going to say common law because it doesn't exist in Quebec. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, ah, you have been listening. Of course I've been listening very well. <laughs> year after year, month after month, yes. Uh, and th- here's a question that I've seen this situation on multiple occasions where uh, there's been the same complaint. My wife is a huge spender and has put us in debt. Now that we are separating, do I have to pay for her debts? So let's say she has her credit cards. Okay, first of all, I have to back up with the... How are they married? Are they in partnership of a quest? Separation is to property. Let's say what they are. What were the debts for? If she bought uh, an expensive sofa or remodeled the bathroom and put it on a credit card, unfortunately, that's a household expense that's going to end Let's up. Let's say she bought herself a couple of Louis Vuitton bags. Let's well, those just are say. necessities of life, <laughs> oh. you would tell me. <laughs> These are not necessities, but anyhow, uh, let's say she just well, spent a lot on credit cards. If I was him, I would take cards. them down to a consignment store. Well, let's let's back up for a second. Yes. She's got a bunch of credit cards, yeah. and let's say she has accumulated fifty thousand dollars in credit card debts okay, because well, she spent stuff. Well, 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 but what made him unable to stop the credit cards way back when? Because you, unless she bought a Mercedes. With one 
credit card, and they don't let you pay for cards mm-hmm. like that on your credit card. Uh, this has been going on over time, and he's been there. He must see the statements, and he did nothing. Right. Well, maybe that's what they fought about, and maybe yes, but that's you can fight. What... It's like mediation. You just don't let it go on ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. You know, the second statement comes in, there's a problem. You cut the card. Okay. That's fine, but uh, hindsight is a twenty twenty. So I'm we hoping are, to catch one or two. I people. know, but we're let's help this person out right here, right now. He's in the situation. It's going to depend on what it is that was bought and how it's treated under what matrimonial regime. There's just okay. I'm going to give you a scenario uh, because this is a real case of, of somebody I know. Mm-hmm. So there, they did not get like a pre. There was no other agreement except what's. That you get married and whatever it is, what what is that called? Partnership, Partnership of, of a quest. quest. Okay, so and um and it was spent on personal items. Well, personal items, personal items uh, for the self, like uh, bags and shoes and expensive stuff. Nothing for the house. No, nothing just, for just food, designer nothing. stuff for herself. No. Does he have to? Is when they do the separation of the finances and everything. How does that that well, also, debt? Okay, it's not you can't isolate any of this. Okay, okay. in and of itself, if he's earning three hundred thousand dollars and she's a stay-at-home person who he just allowed to spend like a crazy person, mm-hmm. it's going to be on him. So, but cut the credit cards now. Okay, again, it's going to be so he. Well, it he sounds is, like it's an ongoing problem, right? But now they're separating, so he is. And then in let fact, her have all the stuff that she bought. Assign a value to it. Tell her she has to pay him, and or ah. off, or offset something that he might have to pay her because she did all whatever. So there is a way. It's a ho- possible, but you know okay. whether a judge is going to understand that. Your guess That's, is as good as mine. Yeah, On see. any given day, there's no way to predict what anybody's <laughs> going to say in that damn courthouse right. that's just down the street. So there you go. The answer is who knows. There you go. <laughs> wow. Yes. And people, Love the law. And, and people <clears throat> get upset because we can't give definitive answers. Right. Because there's so many variables in the equation of, you know, that's why when somebody comes in the office, well, my friend down the street got uh, $200,000. Well, that's great, but maybe her husband earned more and uh, they didn't have, or they did have, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you can't compare anybody's case with anybody else. It's like snowflakes and fingerprints. They're all different. Okay. Uh, here's a question. It, this is more family law. In the case of an inherited home, which was left to two siblings, one living upstairs and the other downstairs in the will, who are not in good or speaking relations and where one no longer wants, wants to live there, what are the alternatives, especially in a lopsided, uncooperative situation? Okay, so, so first of all, I'm understanding from this problem that it's like a duplex, Yeah, perhaps. I guess, yeah. And if it was left the title to both of them, mm-hmm. nobody is bound to live in what we call indivision. So if one person no longer wishes that situation, they have to take a action to dissolve the individual and either one buys the other out if they can agree on the price, et cetera, or worst comes to worst, a judge down the line will order a judicial sale of the property. Okay. So you cannot be forced to you live You can't there. be forced and- to stay uh, on the title deed with the person that you no longer can stand, whether you're married or siblings or right. whatever. That's a good point. Okay. Well, that's helpful.
514-800. You have a bit of time left if you uh, have any questions to, to ask. 514-800. Um, I have a question. Oh, for, I, have a, yeah. I have another side thing, and it's possible, yeah. perhaps, and I'm not an expert in this area of the law, uh, maybe they can subdivide the property to like a co-op, a a co-prop, yeah. Here, a mm-hmm. condominium, and one owns totally outright what part of the duplex, and the other can sell the to, other one. Have to close off some areas because somebody's going to have a basement and somebody isn't. <laughs> no, but the downstairs usually has the basement, and the upstairs doesn't. It's like yeah. two separate. But what uh, I'm saying is, if but I mean, if they could actually agree on anything, they probably wouldn't be having problems in the first place. Yeah, exactly. But it's theoretic. But chances are, you're just both going to sell it, take your money, and pay your taxes and get the hell out. Mm. All right, here's a question. But don't <clears throat> leave until there's a result yes. because then somebody's going to be fitting a bill for somebody other half, you know? Well, Down the road it could too. could you know come out in the wash, but in the meantime you'd have to bills have pay. to be paid. Right. Um, my ex always earned more than I did, but during our marriage the difference was negligible. Therefore, I never requested alimony. Now, nine years later, I suffer with Crohn's disease and my ex makes 10 times my salary. I know this as my child support payments to her were readjusted two years ago. My lawyer said that I can't reopen the alimony payments. Is that true? Depends on what the original, if they signed a consent nine years ago, says. And it depends on when the Crohn's happened and again depends on many factors which just that simple question i can't answer so what would you want to know from this person who may be able to text you back what questions would you ask well want to know if the crohn's was known during the marriage and if it was was it dealt with in the consent if it wasn't a consent and a judgment what happened i mean i don't know any of the uh, details of Mm -hmm. whether it's a consent or a judgment and if it's a judgment what the judgment said and it is hard to open a, 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 a judgment. Mm-hmm. Well, a judgment on alimony uh, all that time later. But and I'm not quite sure what he meant by it was adjusted two years ago. If the person's earning ten times as much, the child support payments to her were readjusted because she makes that much more. I guess he's paying less now. Yeah, and if it's ten times more, he should be paying ten times less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, but the but the alimony part, he didn't ask for alimony originally. Coming back yes, later, but- nine years later, to ask for alimony? Has that ever happened that you get that? Very rarely. Okay. It's rare, and it's an uphill battle. Okay. Right. And again, it's going to depend on when the Crohn's was and what, what was disclosed. Did she make full... Whatever. Okay. So lots of uh, because normally there. just because once you carry on and you move on with your life, the uh, changes and circumstance uh, of one will and change. The other. Yeah, of course. That that means you're bound to that person forever. Then I mean, would he want to pay money to somebody who'd renounced alimony if he was earning the ten times more? Mm. Yeah. There's a. Uh... Yeah. Okay. That the other person signed and felt that you know they that chapter is closed right normally speaking it's very difficult to reopen it if that's what i would think it's fraud, like you, non-disclosure or something right something serious yeah right but i would think like once you get but divorced if, and you close the if, door and everything's been settled and if like you were co- perfectly healthy at the time of the divorce and then you got sick 
that's not a cause of the marriage. If you can't relate the Crohn's to the marriage, she she made me sick. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, yeah, but right. you know. Okay, you're right. You're right. Whoa, complicated. If, if the marriage was so bad that the person became an alcoholic and it wasn't too bad at the time of the divorce, but it just was terrible from whatever, blah, 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 and you can get a judge to buy that, right. maybe? All right. And then if so, Me how much? Metro Linda Hammerschmidt is here to answer your questions. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Metra Linda Hammerschmidt joins us in studio for relationships and the law, family law, that is, 514-800. We have Jane on the line. Hi, Jane. Yeah, hi. Hi. Hello. Hi, Jane. I have a question. Um, my, when my parents died 15 years ago, uh, their uh, assets were 900000 The 900000 we were four children and still are four children. I was given a $300,000 bequest. And the rest was divided, the balance of the will was divided four ways. Okay, so you got 300 plus a fourth of the rest of it. Yeah, like, yes. A fourth of 600. Yeah, 150,000, okay? Yeah, plus three. Now, now that I'm older. Yep. And my parents left no other instructions after. That was it, to, to protect me a little because I had no other income and no husband. That was their way of... <laughs> of protecting me. That was nice. So now that I'm making my own will, because I'm over 75, mm -hmm. my brothers claim that in my will, I should be paying back um, each of their part of the bequest. <laughs> they can hope. <laughs> but you don't have to do that. Cause, and my brother said if I don't do it, he'll contest the will when I die. Well, what do you care? You'll be dead. But I want to know if, if, if <laughs> and my parents left no written instructions yeah, for yeah. anything. They left you a bequest outright. That's yours. And they said the rest of it was to be divided four ways. You got yours. There's nothing for the brothers to get. Even if they go to courts uh, claiming that a quarter of the... Well, who do you want to leave your money to? I want to leave it to uh, some to family and some to charity. Okay, well, you know... If they want to try to contest it, that's fine. But whoever's getting the money should make sure that they have to pay a lot uh, of money in damages because there's nothing for them to, to go fight after. over. People can always go to court to be uh, uh, obstructionist. Doesn't mean they're going to win, but it just causes everybody grief. And the only way to stall somebody, stop somebody from causing grief is if they contest the will, you do a countersuit and you ask for damages for them because it's a frivolous lawsuit. But I won't be here like you said. No, but whoever the family is you're leaving part of it to will, you know, have to fight them. Anyway, it doesn't sound like they the would have hand, much of a case. On the other hand, if you're really lucky, the brothers will be dead. <laughs> Thanks, Jane. Thanks for the call. Uh, all right. Well, boy, you're a breath of fresh air. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's ridiculous there... that they should even think 15 right. years later that they're getting extra money. That's really disgusting. I know, brothers. In, okay. Talk here's about a brothers question. grim. Yeah, I know. Is there a homewrecker law in Canada? I have a complete stranger funding a nasty custody battle with my ex-girlfriend trying to take away my son. I've been in court two years and continue to gain ground. This is not morally right and is abusive. I don't understand about the homewrecker. Uh -oh. Is there such a thing? I've never even heard of a homewrecker law. 
well, neither neither have I here in this province for sure. And if they mean that they're getting divorced, it was because of this person. There's no such. There's no such law. No, not here. So anybody and it can may be fund- morally wrong. However, that doesn't make it criminal or illegal. Right. It's just rotten. It's just rotten. And morals really usually don't play any role in... It's so sad. Eh? People can be so in nasty. In court cases. Yes, because people are bad code. I Every time I we do this show, I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> I just get... Doesn't it I reaffirm your belief that people are just downright rotten to the core most of the time? No, but I, I, see, I don't believe that in most people. I believe most people are good, and I just... But Who when the I hell hear, have you been meeting? Yeah, well, certainly not the people you've been meeting, but uh, every time we speak, it's like, oh, God, not another horrible, like, n- just nastiness. Yeah, well, look at the, the, the two brothers that are, Yeah, you know. it's just nasty. It's just terrible. Uh, here, uh, I guess this is comes back to the case of the siblings living upstairs from the other. Upstairs, downstairs. Uh, yeah. Can one of the siblings be forced to leave, however, if they're not paying their share of the property taxes, repairs, etc., not to mention neglecting the home by not contributing to the necessary work and maintenance required? And what legal measures can one take if the uncooperative party either refuses to both leave and equally buy you out? So they're not take paying they their bills. They can't be forced to leave. But as I said before, the action is to in division. And if the person hasn't paid a certain amount that they were supposed to pay inside of that action, you're going to ask that when the property is sold, instead of getting 50-50, somebody's going to get 60 and the other get 40 because the 60 guy paid the 40 guy's part. So is their only option to actually sell? Because... Like, let's say that person the wants option to is stay. to buy out the other side, but if they're if they that can't. miserable together, chances are that's not going to happen. The only other thing is to go to court and have a judge deal with it for them. So that would be the only option. Yes. Go to court and, and, and deal with it. And if money hasn't been paid and somebody should have paid their fair share, then you put that also in your application. Yeah, go to court again. Well, unfortunately, that's the way the system is created. If right. people can't settle their own problems, the only recourse is to go to the front of the judicial system. And, mm-hmm. you know, winner take all, even though, you know, there shouldn't be How long win- have you been practicing? 38 years. 38 years? How do you handle this? A lot of drugs. <laughs> And I was wondering when you were going to react to that. And I babysit dogs because they're the only normal people on the planet. Oh, my goodness. Hey, somebody had a good suggestion for the, the woman with the awful brothers. Give her money away now. <laughs> Give it away before. Don't will it. Give it away already yes. while you're alive. Yep, yep, yep. Then it's going to be hard for them. That's yeah, an excellent, excellent, excellent idea. idea. On the other hand, well, the problem with that is the woman's still alive. I know. So she wait, needs wait money. a little bit. Yeah, wait a little bit. Wait longer. a little bit, like when she's five minutes away from having the know. plug not... pulled. Oh yes, here have three hundred thousand dollars. Great idea. Right. Well, okay, maybe it, not. It sounded the most great until until you analyze it. <laughs> Linda, I don't know who pissed in your cornflakes this morning, but nobody anyway. has to piss in my cornflakes. <laughs> Uh, I think that's it. I was Listen, born this way. Yeah, yeah, clearly. If someone wants to get in touch with you, uh, hire you, uh, talk to your firm or whatever, where what number do they call? <laughs> Area code 
1013. She's making funny faces at me, which is why I'm laughing. <laughs> Thank you very much you're for welcome. that. Now, there's a great you're looking very, dog on, you're, on, on the TV, show. Yes. And yet a bulldog. You wins. know, we're on radio. They don't know that we have TVs I'm in looking, the studio. Yeah, TV, and there was a golden retriever there. I have a golden retriever, a gorgeous looking dog, and yet they give it to a bulldog. Just between me and you, the listener, Linda would much rather talk about dogs than the law. <laughs> Can't but. wait to get back to my guy. <laughs> Oh, I have always five a, of them. Always over, a hoot. I have five of them over Christmas. Yes, this is what she does on the side. She's a dog sitter. Um, Something has to keep me sane. S- yes, always a hoot talking with you. Always entertaining Oops. and always informative, nonetheless. Okay, uh, thank you for helping out our listeners. I'm My sure they appreciate always. it. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you all for your text and contributing to the program. Thanks to Chris Aiken and Master Control tonight. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. You can also tune in, listen in to any of the shows, past shows, because they're all there podcasted. You can download them at your leisure. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion. <laughs>